Hey there, everybody. Welcome into Hail Yes, a national championship episode of Hail Yes. Tony Garcia here, Michigan beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, joined by Reiner Sabin, our Big Ten insider. We also got Andrew Burkle behind the scenes. We'll probably have him jump with in with us as we do uh, our producer and editor. You may have seen our, our post-game video. If not, I'm pretty sure you've heard by now. Uh, Michigan football is the national champions, the 2023 national champions. They beat, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can say that sentence over and over again. It still, uh, still sounds pretty pretty neat rolling off my tongue as well. Uh, they just beat Washington 34-13 to 13, uh, in a number one versus number two. Maybe not quite the classic that we saw in Pasadena, Reiner. But I, th- I think Michigan fans are just fine with that. And a plenty good game in its own right. Uh, we can X's and O's it all you want. But we talked about it a little bit, Reiner, immediately after the game. Now you've had another 24, almost 36 hours to digest it. Uh, what does this mean? Yeah, it's a, a completion of a mission that started back uh, right after the TCU loss uh, in the semifinal round. And last year, uh, you know, the... Michigan program was uh, kind of reeling from that defeat, shocked by it, and then, you know, kind of rallied. Uh, Blake Corum went on center court at Chrysler Center in February and guaranteed a national championship and said, we're going to we're going to win the national championship and go down in history. And here we are 11 months after that comment. And uh, they did it. And it, you know, kind of wraps up, you know, what. Jim Harbaugh was supposed to accomplish. I mean, when he came to Ann Arbor in December 2014, I mean, there, he picked up a program that uh, was kind of uh, descended into mediocrity under Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. And, uh, you know, it took a little while for him to get his footing. Uh, I mean, he won 10 games, but they couldn't get over the hump, break through that ceiling and beat Ohio State. He finally did that in 2021. Uh, and then the, really the last part of the mission was to get past the semifinal round in the college football playoff. Then yeah. he did that with Alabama. And then, uh, sure enough, it seemed like destiny once they did that, that they were going to complete the mission and uh, beat Washington uh, on Monday night. Yeah, there's a song that they listen to that has a line that says, destiny is calling me, right? Uh, they played a lot around the program. Uh <laughs> I, it, it did feel it did, once they got past Alabama, it really it really did feel that way. Uh, I mean, I, I was I'm sure fans and you're talking to buddies and fans and people who who ask you about the program and there was no. I kept saying like it's a good thing these Michigan fans are not playing this game right because <laughs> it was a formality. Um, maybe it just was. Maybe it just was. Maybe um, I think they really had a sense, a pulse of this team, uh, of the unity of of the. The com- just the completion, how well-rounded it was. And really, I'm glad that we're going to get about 15 minutes or so to sort of just talk about the sights, the sounds, this team, because they earned it. Uh, I mean, th- through hell and back, uh, so maybe some, maybe not even their own doing, right? Maybe their coaches, staffers doing, whatever, what have you. Um, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of scandal this year. Uh, and they said it. They, they talked about how, how, they, how they powered through it. And we talked about it a little bit on video, but like talking to Samaj, and he's like, look, if you're not in Shem, doesn't matter. Like that was actually like that was what we adopted. We didn't just say it. We lived by that. And that tone he set, like Blake Horm coming back sets that tone. Mikey Sainer still sets that tone. Zach Zinter, Trevor Keegan, Michael Barrett, uh, all these fifth year, sixth year guys who 
who aren't just, I mean, I mean, JJ McCarthy, unbelievable, phenomenal, right? The quarterback who puts it over the top and, and he, you know, I mean, he's the guy who did it. Of course, he's going to be one of the faces of, of this team. And he sends out the tweet, uh, right. Telling the fan base to relax. Everybody's working on it, but he wasn't actually in Ann Arbor yet. Right. It is. I, I'm, I still, not that it's a competition of who you're most impressed with, but like those guys who were there in 18 or 1920, right. Barrett and Keegan, um, who could have bailed, uh, and, and didn't, um, we can talk about other people who, who, who could have bailed and didn't. Right. And, and that's what I thought about, um, everybody sticking together in this day and age when nobody sticks together in college football at the first sign of adversity, you run. Not oftentimes you transfer, you transfer out, you try to go to the NFL, what have you. Um, Michigan well, didn't do that. Well, no, I mean, uh, th- I mean that's true. Those guys didn't do it. The, there were other people that did up to 2020. 2020 had to happen for them to be there. Uh, it just did. Uh, it kind of brought everything to light. What was wrong with the program? Uh, the fact that they had a very rigid defensive scheme that wasn't effective in stopping some of these high-powered offenses. And it kind of came all the way full circle because who did Michigan face in the championship game? The best passing attack in the country. A guy, a team that would have run tons of crossers and killed a Don Brown style defense. That defense changed everything. And creating that defense, they brought in a lot of young assistants. And those young assistants changed the culture of the program. It was much more buy in amongst the players, which was much more collaborative. It became a player led team which is what you have now with, you know, obviously guys like you mentioned, Trevor Keegan, Michael Barrett, Mike Sandra still, those guys are leading Michigan. They've created the buy-in amongst the rest of the players. Uh, and it, it kind of was a, became a self-fulfilling prophecy as this run continued. They went 40 and three in the last three years. Uh, they were ranked number two in the preseason. None of this is really all that surprising when, you look at where they started at the season. It is surprising in the context of what happened, you know, four years ago in 2020. Right. And maybe even farther than that, right. If you, if you look at the entirety of Jim, cause Jim Harbaugh was asked about his, about, about his whole tenure with Michigan. Right. And like, Oh, like, yeah, like how, how did you get through those first years? And he's like, well, I mean, I've always enjoyed it. Right. Like I was always having a good time. And, but, but you 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 mark your way through it. You say like they had to go through twenty twenty for this to happen. I mean, this was year nine, right? A lot of people keep starting that ticker and that timeline at year twenty. There were five seasons before that of Jim Harbaugh, right? Like in fifteen, they have trouble with the snap. In sixteen, they had the spot with Barrett. Uh, kind of a down year in seventeen with the eight wins, right? Before they're kind of there in nineteen, not really. Kind and then and and then well, nineteen you know was what huge, Nineteen was a huge disappointment. They, right. Well, nine yeah, and four. They, they, yeah. yeah, they started. They started with high expectations, even possibly talking about a national championship there, and they yeah. uh, they got bum rushed by Wisconsin and. In the, you know yeah. the third game, and it was pretty much all over from there. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, the the, the team never was able to kind of hit or get over the hump. And I think you know it, it goes back to Jim Harbaugh had you know some very inconsistent, a lot of inconsistencies uh, within his organization. I mean, there was constant staff turnover. He was trying to find the right uh, group of assistants. Uh, he couldn't find a, the right guy at quarterback. Uh, even Shea Patterson was a disappointment. I mean, he was supposed to come in as Bowie who transferred, didn't really, you know, do that, and then uh, or really fulfill expectations. And then 
Uh, they kind of went away from themselves with the speed and space offense that J- Josh Gaddis implemented. Uh, and that didn't really work well with Brown's defense. And then it just, again, all collapsed in 2020. And they were allowed to hit a reset button. Jim Harbaugh pushed all the right buttons at that point, made the right moves, and got his program back. You know, went back to more of a ground-based attack uh, where they played complementary football. You know, he had a really, really good staff that focused on execution and uh, get maximizing the most out of their players. I mean, again, this team doesn't have a ton of you know top end, you know, top one hundred five star elite players. But they have a lot of guys that are committed to playing really sound fundamental football, and what that's and that's pretty pretty rare in this day and age in college football. Their old players were good players, and their old coaches mm-hmm. were good coaches. But there was never this level of buy-in, alignment, and understanding with everybody on the same page, right? Like, and and now maybe like the players are even better, and the coaches are even better, and it's just the full understanding of of what it what was expected like i keep throughout the year we thought maybe it was small things but i really don't think things like this are small like when blake corum is uh is talking about donovan edwards on stage the other day and he looks over to jim harbaugh and he's like he's like what's that like 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 that phrase you use he's trying to use his phrase uh he's like he's like he's like he's like my like like one of my friends my he's like he's like a trusted agent and a known friend and then blake starts laughing he goes yeah trusted agent known friend that's the don right and he just starts going like he like he buys in to to the to the like the weird dad phrases they all do they sang for he's a jolly good fellow again after the national championship right i mean you got Donovan Edwards jumping on Trevor Keegan's back, like pretending like he's a knight in Shining Arbor, like riding him into the promised land. Like they just, it's, it's easy. It's easy to have that level of fun when you're 14 and 0, 15 and 0. Darius Henderson said after the game, we were asking him, we're like, dude, like, are you tired? He's like, he's like, I'm used to being done playing like football by Thanksgiving. He's like, we just played longer than the NFL. Like there are NFL seasons that are legitimately over right now. And, and we, and we still went uh, until Monday. No, I just, I mean, obviously, I think it's a, it's a seminal moment in Jim Harbaugh's life. Uh, I mean, a kind of crowning achievement that has eluded him. I mean, he was five yards short of the Super Bowl in uh, Super Bowl 47, which, again, the Vince Lombardi trophy was handed to his brother, John. And so John had a Super Bowl and his father had a national championship uh, at one double A Western Kentucky in 2002. And Jim, who's probably the most well-known figure in the family, I think you can make that case, uh, uh, didn't have that national championship. He felt like he said he was sitting at the kids' table until Monday night when he finally was able to get that. And you saw it was very family-oriented. I mean, again, he had Jack and uh, his mother, Jackie, uh, there. And then he had John had come. And then Joni, his sister, uh, they were all there. They were dolled down in the field. Uh, Jackie called it the you know magical moment, you know, to see Jim finally win the championship. Uh, and it's uh, it, it's interesting because again, Harbaugh had to go through a lot this season. Uh, a lot of it was self inflicted, uh, you know, with the three game suspension at the beginning of the year related to the NCAA investigation uh, into recruiting and coaching. Uh, impermissible recruiting and coaching activities. And then he uh, had the three-game suspension at the tail end of the regular season uh, due to the cheating scandal that really raised 
a lot of uh, questions about uh, the validity and strength of this program and whether it was really a legitimate team. And I think the last, you know, four games kind of proved that this team is really, really good. I mean, the, again, they're, there's no, well, they, they left no doubt. They left no doubt. Right. They, I mean, that, that might've been a conversation for October. It feels like, but when you go beat Penn state, when you go beat Ohio state, when you beat Alabama, when you beat Washington, I mean, how many teams did all those, how many losses did all those teams have combined to teams that were not Michigan? Four-ish? How many times did they lose to Michigan, those teams? Four. I mean, it's just, I, th- I th- you're right. And I, all of that was was complete, was scandal and uh, was sort of what, ma- like, what made this season this season. Um, and maybe that's part of the right, like you say, like 2020 had to happen, uh, and and then Jim Harbaugh's like 2016 and Michael Barrett, and that had to happen. I mean, you wonder if that's not the last little bit that just that just lit that last little bit of fire. Uh, I mean, I think this team was probably going that way regardless, but you never know. Uh, and um, and 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 the the way they channeled it uh, to, to think about it, and and on Monday night. There were two things about the the cheating scandal that that I thought one was how that didn't matter when the confetti was falling, right? Like like it, it, it they had they had sidestepped it, they had all put it there, and then those memories are those memories. And then the other thing is when like now that the season's over and you ask people about it, they're like, oh hell yeah, like that like pissed us off all year long. It was it doesn't matter, um, it's okay. Uh, like Ward Manuel said, you feel like. You think you don't think that makes us feel better? Absolutely, it makes it feel better. Um, and well, there's, there's that element true. too. It's true, but I mean, it's funny. The perception internally is one thing; some of the perception externally is different. I mean, uh, on the broadcast, Chris Fowler, you know, again mentioned that uh, no matter what you think, it, I mean, this uh, this championship could be tainted in the eyes of some people, uh, and you know that's been. And there were articles co- coming out throughout the week, like, are, is this going to be uh, viewed as a legitimate championship uh, for Michigan? So, I mean, there is that hanging in the background, which is, you know, unfortunately, if you're those players, because, again, I think going into the season, a lot of people thought, well, this team is really, really good. I mean, Jim Harbaugh talked about 20 players that he thought could be possibly drafted off the roster. I mean, they executed extremely well. I mean, they were the, the team that committed the fewest, uh, averaged the fewest penalties in the country. They had the top-ranked defense. You saw that defense be able to stop a team like Alabama with a, uh, a fearsome offensive line and Jalen Milrow. And then they were able to go transfer it right back and beat a high-flying passing attack with you know Michael Penix. So this was a defense that could stop pretty much any kind of style of offense. And so it, it is kind of hard. I mean, it's been a hard thing to reconcile while we're, we've been covering it. Uh, I mean, how much? Is oh no achieving, doubt. How much is achieving no. really factored into their success? I don't know. I have no idea, and that's the thing that will just always hang over. And it's really kind of unfortunate because it it is going to always be part of the the narrative about this season. Yeah. It w- it will certainly always be attached. I just wonder if they didn't sort of make it the secondary topic, right? Um, at at first. Did. At, at first, at, at first it was all oh, the cheaters, the cheat like, and now it is more. Yeah, they cheated, but that was a damn good football team, right? And and I'm not saying this facetiously at all. Uh, 
I know Andrew put uh, put in our chat here. It's a good reminder how the Patriots got caught cheating and still won. I can't remember if that was uh, Deflate Gate or if that was Spygate, right? And so I think maybe sort of the point is, I mean, if you're not like we are, like we're right over it, right? We are so caught up in this. I wonder if in a few years from now, some people, of course, Ohio State fans and Michigan fans and Michigan State fans, everybody's going to know in our ether what this year was. But I don't wonder if in 2029, if in South Carolina, when they look back, admit, well, actually, maybe South Carolina was the wrong example because of that Tennessee game, but whatever. Um, some team does, does, doesn't doesn't look back and think that it was it was just another championship. You see what I'm saying? Not to... I mean, take away from it, but I just, it's an ADD society. I mean, people move on pretty quickly about everything. So, I mean, uh, within minutes, you know, let alone, you know, I mean, years and, uh, and months or whatever, what have you, I mean, it's, it's, uh, not a, not a topic that's necessarily going to be at the forefront of everybody's minds, uh, 24 seven, like it may be right now. Uh, but it is an interesting discussion because again, it's been hard for, I think, us to cover because uh, you, you can't write the story of the season without that. And that's, to me, kind of unfortunate because I think the yeah, team yeah. itself was already really, really, really good. Yeah. And it feels like you're always throwing sort of like an axe in the middle of your story, right? Like you got this big, beautiful, I mean, maybe mine's not yours. It's always beautiful. This big, beautiful prose that you're just trying to weave this story in, right? And then it's like, oh yeah, let me just remind you like this happened right here. It, it, I, I, I feel that it's sort of like a, a nail uh, in the side of things. Um, I just want to briefly, a couple more, pick out a couple more favorite sights, sounds from the night that everybody will remember that everybody uh, who listens to this podcast has waited for before we turn uh, our eyes to the future. Uh, so, so we'll do it um, quickly. I mentioned the moment with Edwards riding off on Keegan's back. Um, I will not get into too much about JJ running over to, uh, to his, to, to his girlfriend uh, and, and his family on the sideline. Cause you probably saw, I mean, I mean, I did not realize that the ESPN camera was opposite me. I usually try to avoid those. Um, you would think every text I got was the first one letting me know that they actually saw us uh, on TV um, because I was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time for, for that moment. Although that was very cool to see. I mean, when you see like watching the player and the family hug that moment, like there's really nothing like it. But uh, one thing that stood out to me was uh, when Jim Harbaugh was on stage, I must've heard him shout, for Ben Herbert, he's where's Herb? Where's Herb? Get Herb up here! Like he's just looking all over for him uh, for like 15 minutes on this stage. It was the only thing on his mind, um, and I thought that was pretty fitting, right? Like it, it, he felt like Ben Herbert, the guy who built everyone up, literally uh, was sort of one of the guys who who need who needed to be up there. Um, and then Mikey Sanderstill's father, so Mikey could say hi to DJ Turner, uh, former first round pick, uh, former um, uh, defensive back on last year's team. Mikey Sanderstill's dad, literally and figuratively, put the team on his back and has Mikey like resting on one shoulder. He's propped against like the wall with his legs and like this wide, sturdy base. So Mikey is just like like a kid, like sitting on his shoulders, like dapping up DJ Turner in the stands. So. Um, I thought those were those were some of my favorite moments. That's interesting. It's weird that DJ Turner wasn't just on the field. I, you know, <laughs> I, you just assume that a lot of these players, I guess former players, can get access, but I'm sure it's probably a pretty uh, privileged 
group that gets to be actually on the field. Uh, Mo Wagner uh, and Franz Wagner did make the cut. The Wagner did brothers it? made the okay. made made the field cut. Okay, I wonder, so, I wonder how if that... you're just trying to figure out where that where that yeah. line of delineation is, it's somewhere yeah. between uh, between Mo Wagner and DJ Turner. Yeah, right I did see Nico Collins walking through the uh, stadium, which is not surprising since he's a member of the Houston Texans, and uh, uh, again, he's probably a, a jolly good fellow in Harbaugh's opinion. So, uh, uh, but yeah, had I mean, a big it, season. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's had a great season uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, again, I think we should mention the fact that, you know, again, Michigan kind of broke the uh, SEC Southern stronghold on college football also. I mean, it was the first national title uh, by uh, a Big Ten team since 2014, the inception of, inception of the college football playoff when Ohio State beat Oregon uh, in Dallas. So the two Big Ten titles have been actually won in Texas, which is quite interesting, too. Um, and, uh, you know, Michigan is uh, it really was their first outright title since 1948. If you recall, in 1997, that was a, a relic of the college football era. The two polls, Nebraska finished on top of, I think, the coaches poll. I think Michigan was number one in the AP poll. I think that's correct. And so um, it was uh, a time when, again, you know, Michigan was consigned to playing in the Rose Bowl, which yeah ultimately they ended up happening again where they they just happened to end up at the rose bowl this year and that worked out where that was part of the semifinal round but yeah they they won a true national championship where they were there's no dispute as far as uh the fact that they are the number one team in the country yeah it was fit i mean it felt like they had to slay Every single dragon along the way, right? Like first they had to, first it was getting past Michigan State. That 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 started early on. Then it was Ohio State. Then and and the, and winning the Big Ten. Then it's the college football playoff. And of course, the year it's the college football playoff, you have to slay the SEC and not just Georgia, but Alabama. The your favorite, right? The progenitor of yeah. of Georgia. The yeah. the one the like I mean, I mean the, the original form. Yeah, Joe Milrow called it the standard Goliath. of football. They're the gold Goliath. Standard. They're the gold standard of college football. It's just the truth. Yeah. And they, they got past them, and they did it in the most, you know, kind of Michigan way. It was physical. They outlasted a big SEC team uh, in overtime, and they, they made a goal line stand to stop them. So it was, and, uh, it was kind of a, you know, a passing of the torch, so to speak, there. Yeah, yeah. And, and to do it at the Rose Bowl, right? At their venue, their yeah. venue, like one yeah, that is right. affiliated with them. It's all just, it, it was poetry, right? It was just, and 15 and 0. I don't know if we've even said that. The fourth team in the history of college football to go 15 and 0 uh, for, for a full season. I mean, they, they, I mean, <laughs> they joined Georgia last year, Joe Burrow's LSU, and then uh, Alabama. Was it Clemson? Um, or yeah, those, uh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I don't think Alabama has a fifteen. No, I don't think they, no, they, they don't. They they went undefeated yeah. in uh, two thousand nine. That was the last time. Yeah, yep, yeah. which was fourteen, correct? Yeah. Fourteen. Yeah, yeah before yeah. the CFP. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's really really remarkable. So. Obviously, we can keep talking about it till the cows come home. We're going to break it right there because we got to flip it forward for 10 minutes about future talk and then get out of here. Uh, so don't go anywhere. This is Hell Yes. All right, Reiner. Jim Harbaugh can ask 
uh, to, to live in the moment. Um, and we can grant him that, that wish in person, but we don't have to, uh, because everybody always wants to know about what's next. And that does not mean don't enjoy this. As we just said, the first outright championship in 75 years for Michigan football. Uh, and it's only been 48 hours, right? So <laughs> enjoy every moment, every morning you wake up. Oh my God, we're champs. Every time you go to bed, you're a champion. Then you wake up the next morning, same thing again. So this is not, nobody's raining on anybody's parade here. Let's be very clear about that. With that said, Reiner, um, did Jim Harbaugh just coach his final game in Ann Arbor? It remains to be seen. I, again, he, he's got given out conflicting vibes. I mean, in the fact that, I mean, he hired Don Yee as an agent who specializes in dealing with NFL teams, but then he gets on Scott Impel's uh, show in ESPN and talks about spring practice and kind of pushing it back and kind of getting ready. Preparing for that, uh, you know, already kind of indicating that he's thinking about uh, getting this team ready for the 2024 season. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. And I think uh, the mystery is kind of part of what he enjoys. Uh, he did it the last couple of off seasons. I mean, he kind of explored uh, the NFL. That was a whole month of that in 2022 before he interviewed with the Vikings uh, and didn't get that job. Then comes back last offseason, did it again with a little less drama, I guess, in the sense that he didn't go uh, National Signing Day to, to meet with an NFL team. But he did talk, you know, with the Denver Broncos, you know, reportedly reached out to the Carolina Panthers, had a conversation with uh, owner David Tepper there. Um, and then that kind of led to a strange dynamic uh, or a strange uh, – correspondence of information between you know, Harbaugh and the powers that be at, at Michigan, where he kind of informed Santa Ono, the school president, he was coming back and kind of bypassed Ward Manual. And I, I thought that was an interesting thing that kind of sets up where we are today. It was interesting. And what was also interesting is how Ward then chooses, uh, of course, we get eight to 10 minutes with him uh, after the national championship. Uh, I couldn't tell you the last time uh, he, he just talked to us like that. Um, but you get it. You get it from his perspective. But you you just wonder about like what you talk about, uh, Jim informing Santa Ono and then uh, we're asking him, you, uh, I mean, you and I really, uh, among others in the scrum are asking him about the, the status of his relationship with Jim Harbaugh and the optics of it. And he was getting pretty fired up. Would you say, wouldn't you say about, I mean, calling people, I mean, like, no, I mean, I, I don't know if he said the exact phrase, no nothings. Right. But that was exactly what he meant. He's like, people are talking out of turn. They're talking about things they don't know. And, um, and I was trying to get to the bottom of, of why are you okay with letting that be in the ether then? Right. Like if, if it is annoying or distracting or anything, like why would you just be okay with that? And he 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 implied that it doesn't bother him. He just sort of duck off the water, water off a duck's back. But it clearly did bother him. But it clearly did bother him. Obviously, he, he was he was very uh, on a day that should be like very joyous and happy. I mean, he seemed kind of annoyed and like upset uh, well, that people were questioning him or. Are, are throwing this out there or uh, the stuff that he, I guess, has heard. I mean, maybe having rabbit ears on social media about what's going on. And so I think uh, certainly I think he did feel annoyed and uh, his reaction Monday certainly indicated that. I think he also wanted to kind of puff out his chest a bit and say, I was the one who kept 
Jim Harbaugh when other people were calling for him to be fired, you know, during that 2020 season. And uh, I mean, obviously he did, gave him a pay cut, which ultimately probably led to Jim Harbaugh looking for other opportunities. And because Jim Harbaugh has routinely talked about how much he wants to be supported. Like he, he wants to be, he wants to be somewhere he's wanted. He, exactly. And that's, that's the big thing with him. And it could be the thing that really kind of determines whether he wants to go to the NFL or not, because he's got a pretty good situation right now. Uh, he's got this extension that's hanging out there. That's probably going to make him the highest paid coach in the big 10. Uh, you know, money, I don't think is a big issue with him, but it's a thing of respect. And I think he wants to be respected and and known that he's wanted and coveted at Michigan. And right now, I mean, again, I, I, he's probably, I mean, who's got it better than him? I guess probably I think, nobody, you know? I, I think we've moved past that. We've moved past. Clearly, Michigan wants him, right? Yeah. Like, they right. put they put up with all the turmoil. They put up with everything. Um, and uh, and so, obviously, they, they want him to stick around. I mean, I've spoken to 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 regions who say it and to, uh, to, I mean, I mean, to the president who said it to the athletic director who said it, I mean, all the people are, are, are publicly saying it. Um, it's, it's all, but Jim just did it. He just did it. He just won them the national title. He came home, he delivered it. There is no one. If he leaves now who can leave, who could have any semblance or sense of anything other than the job is finished here. Obviously, he wants to go do what is his own personal number one thing. And when we spoke to Ward yesterday, you're right. Jim has totally been – he has been like pre- pretty coy. He, he sort of pu- pushed things off, and he's not going to say what he's going to do. Ward was kind of talking like he is ready for for an opening. Like, uh, like not that he wants an opening. He said, look, we want Jim Harbaugh back. But if he wants to move on, we're going to support him in doing that. Did – and was I misreading that? Did that kind of that felt the most the most like an implication that there may be life post Jim Harbaugh sooner than later? Yeah, I think that that was a, a good read on the on his quote. I thought so too. I kind of came away surprised that he said that. Uh, I mean, of course, he mentioned that he understood why NFL teams were coming after him, and this is what I wrote about and. For today's uh, online edition, was the fact that this is the cost of success. I mean, this is uh, nobody wanted Jim Harbaugh after 2020. Uh, They, I mean, Michigan arguably didn't want him either, really. I mean, it was like there was a certain segment within uh, the university community that didn't want Jim Harbaugh at that point. And but now he's he's gone back to that level where he was when he arrived at Michigan, and and kind of surpassed it in a lot of ways. And so he's, he's, uh, he's coveted. And, uh, and I think, you know, he's going to have options. And so that's, that's hard for Michigan to have to deal with because again, he was very successful in the NFL. He was 44, 19 and one, uh, got, you know, San Francisco within five yards of winning the San, the Super Bowl. That Super Bowl is a lot, is a thing that he really wants. He, that's his goal. That's one of his big professional goals. And until winning the national championship, it probably was his primary goal. Uh, the question now is, does he really want to chase that or does he want to build Michigan into a dynasty? And that's the question. I mean, like he's got a pretty well, again, a good situation here in Michigan where, I mean, it, no, no fan base is probably going to love 
a coach more than Michigan's fan base, or he's, uh, there's no fan base that's going to love him more than any other fan base. Because right. you, if he goes to the NFL, I mean, it could be any team. I mean, you, you know no. how that works. I yeah, mean, nobody's going to appreciate him more than than his own right here, where he is. And right. I, where, so, where, so where's the landing spot? Where's the landing spot in the NFL if he goes? Uh, I think so. There's Chargers, Falcons, Titans, maybe Pats, maybe Raiders, Commanders. Um, I think the Chargers. Bears used to be on this list. It feels like they might keep Eberflus the way the way they ended that season. Um, where where yeah, is the fit for Harbaugh? I think we keep saying LA, right? With Herbert, Herbert's yeah. the best toy. Well, that I agree is part of it. But with Jim, I think it's always been he wants to go someplace that he has some personal connection or there's some attachment to. I mean, he pretty much everywhere he's gone in his career has been a place that he's had some kind of personal connection with. Uh, you know, Stanford, uh, Stanford, his dad coached there. Yeah. Uh, uh, San Francisco, again, he grew up around there. San Francisco was, on, I think, on his recruiting forum, his favorite team. Joe Montana was like his favorite player. So he went, you know, coached at you know, Michigan. We all know why. Uh, and so I think it would be probably the Chargers and the Raiders because he played for the Chargers once upon a time and he coached with the Raiders. It was his like first coaching opportunity, uh, that he had. He was an assistant, uh, I think a quarterback's coach for them. So I would think those two places, plus he has a relationship with Mark Davis, uh, those would be mo- most likely. But the question is, do the Raiders keep, you know, uh, you know, their, their coach, I mean, uh, I mean, he, he, he did a good job during the interim period. So, I mean, uh, Antonio Pierce was, uh, was pretty good for them. Again, he seems to have a lot of support in the locker room. So yeah, some of these decisions might not be, uh, completely in, uh, or he, Jim Harbaugh might not be in complete control of these decisions. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, he, I mean, I can see a scenario where he does come back to Michigan because and look, it just is not the right fit and not the right. Time. And look, it looked like there were going to be like a few more options, right? As as this was matriculating throughout the season and this ball was sort of moving, sort of rolling down the hill, it looked like there were going to be a lot of sort of open lanes to to pick from. They're they're certainly closing off. Um, although. Jim Harbaugh has, as you as you said, has two very good options. Uh, one, go to the NFL and fit and finish out uh, his own dream, and the other is, of course, return to Ann Arbor, where in the very very twenty early twenty twenty four title odds, Michigan is number four. Uh, they are plus nine hundred. It's Georgia, uh, I would call an overwhelming favorite at plus three fifty. Alabama plus five fifty. Ohio State at plus eight hundred. Uh, then Michigan and Texas at plus 900 with Oregon uh, at plus 1,000. And that's before knowing really sort of who's coming back, right? Uh, that Jim, if they, if he comes back and then, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a host of, of juniors with some, un, with some decisions to make. Of course, J.J. McCarthy is at the top of that list, but uh, it also includes uh, safeties, Rod Moore and Macari Page. Um, you got, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking who else off the top of my mind, Donovan Edwards. There we go. Um, and really it's because a number of sort of some guys who were maybe on the fence, uh, they all committed yesterday to, uh, the Reese's senior bowl. So Roman Wilson is gone. AJ Barner, Ladarius Henderson, Trevor Keegan, Braden, Braden McGregor, Michael Barrett, and Mike Sanders. So Sanders still and Barrett were 
uh, foregone conclusions. Um, McGregor was a lot good. of the yeah, uh, that, was, that was the one that I was probably the most surprised about. Right McGregor. Yeah, yeah, there was um, uh, th- there was some some question there, but uh, that's his plan. Uh, I talked to Drake Nugent after the game. He said the NFL is next for him as well. Um, and that's before we're getting to the obvious candidates, right? So we are talking easily 15 people who are going to be, I'm thinking, who are going to be putting their name in the NFL draft. Might be up to 20 or, or 22. Um, yeah, who do you, a lot of people at the NFL combine. Yeah, we're in uh, yeah. blue or representing the maize and blue. <laughs> there, there, there will be. There will be. I imagine we'll, we'll be down there. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts before we wrap up. I'm just cracking up because I can see Harbaugh, if he does return now, spinning it, spinning it forward already. Three straight wins over Ohio State, plus a national title, and Ohio State is still favored ahead of Michigan to win the national championship. So you I, you can see the coach talk disrespect uh, coming from a mile away here already. You, you can, but wouldn't it be fair if you lose tw- – Andrew, uh, coming back to you, if you lose 20 people, right, I mean – it's not, and they don't. They are not Georgia, and it's not. It's not hating on Michigan. They just they don't have the depth of five stars to just assume they're going to reload. This Michigan team was this Michigan team because of all the exact people who were there. Those pieces are going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same thing after twenty twenty one, right? Didn't they lose how many players did they lose to the NFL that year? It was a huge amount of players after the Ohio State win, right? And then they kind of repurposed it for twenty twenty two. And then built towards 2023. So, I mean, Michigan. I I'm under the impression now that they they are in in that in that realm of of the top dogs. Where if you have a decent quarterback coming back, and we've seen that a little bit, right? Where Georgia looked a little shaky early on with Carson Beck, Alabama with Jalen Milrow early on. Like you got to have the quarterback in place. But if you have that, then these teams, it's just a it's a factory, right? So I think yeah. if personally, I think if JJ comes back, I think they should be the title favorite because they just, they have, they have the infrastructure. That's my hot take. That is a hot Debriner. Do you think Michigan should be the title favorite if JJ comes back and then we'll wrap? I should say Harbaugh as well. If Jim come back, if Jim doesn't come back, then, you know, that's too much. Uncertainty. Yeah. 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 Fair. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the question is again, that defense, I mean, really those, those guys at the top uh, that are leaving, I mean, again, Sandra still and Barrett. I mean, to have those kind of leaders, maybe uh, Junior Colton, another Junior. Yeah, we meant, yeah, Junior Colton, yeah, that's another possibility of leaving. You know, there was talk about him being a projected first round pick uh, before the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got so many guys that were like very, very, very integral to the success of the program that would be leaving. And so, I, I don't know what this team will look like afterwards because I think they were able to kind of carry that culture uh, going forward. The question is, are the guys behind them able to do the same? I do think that they've got some real, still really talented players on defense, guys like Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham. Uh, you know, Ernest, Johnson. Hausman, Ernest Hausman looks like he's going to you know, develop into a pretty solid player and also be a very good locker room guy. Um, and the you know, question is, again, if Rod Moore and Macari Page stay, you know, that, that could really help them i mean well again yeah like you said will johnson so they've still got some guys but they just don't have that same level of depth maybe that they had uh this year so mike i would not put them necessarily at number one i kind of think it's a little bit of a prove it team 
a little bit more. I mean, I think it's not the same as like Georgia uh, running it back uh, after the 2021 season. Yeah, I mean, their top two wide receivers, that uh, they will return Colston Loveland, but one of their top two uh, tight ends, their top two running backs, perhaps their entire starting offensive line, maybe their coach, maybe their quarterback. I, I mean, it's like it they're a gutted. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. But they just won the national championship. So it's okay. <laughs> like that, I mean, that's really just kind of the way it is. Like, and at least they did it. Like they were, they knew all of this was go was going out the door. Right. So Reiner, final thoughts, because you got a plane to catch. No, I think it's I think it's uh again a product of the team that really did know that this was their one shot. And I mean I did not use the Eminem <laughs> song, but it was true. I mean, like they they went into the this season believing that they had to get it done. It was national championship or bust, and they won the national championship. Yeah, they had one moment to seize everything they ever wanted. Mm-hmm. They captured it, they did not let it slip. Um, yeah. All right. Yes, I'm from Southeast Michigan. It's a problem. Uh, all right. Uh, that was hail. Yes. Uh, the national championship edition. Um, this is a football and hoops podcast, so we will keep it rolling in the future, but uncertain what this next week or future looks like. There will be more football wrap up. There will be draft talk. There will be hardball watch. Uh, there will be combines. Uh, I'm going to hit a quick little vacation in the middle of this here. Michigan basketball is a little bit on the skids. We might have to get into that later. That's not for today, as we've said for about three months now. Um, But it's because Michigan football has kept it rolling. Um, Congratulations to all of you fans uh, who I'm sure have been waiting for this moment. Um, Like uh, I'll use this moment uh, for a plug like my father, who who came to Houston, uh, who I I got to enjoy that with, um, came, uh, came to the media party. Um, which was, I mean, memories for a lifetime. Uh, Reiner, I know you get to see, I mean, you've been all around and getting to see all these national people uh, and people you've been friends with for for decades. It's uh, This last week was an unbelievable privilege, a joy, a treat to be a part of. Uh, I cannot believe that Michigan football just went 15-0 and and won a national championship in the middle of the most chaotic uh, two-time NCAA scandal uh, investigation, uh, multiple staffers fired uh, ahead of time, every with no room for error the entire way. Uh, we are unsure how to document it in live time, you and I having discussions off-air, uh, on-air, adding a podcast, um, print requirements, trying to fly newspapers down here. I mean, the level and thought that went into, I, I mean, think about that meeting, Reiner, when we're, when we're all together for hours trying to plan how we're going to, to cover Jim Harbaugh in court, uh, the news, the photo, we're get, we're waking up at five 30 in the morning to wake up uh, to, to that we were going to, to, to wait outside to make sure we got a seat in court before flying out to happy Valley. I mean, uh, the amount of FOIAs I've gotten in three return FOIA emails this week, kicking FOIAs down the line. Those are the ones that haven't been solved. That was all this year. That was all. I mean, I mean, not me, not you, Jared Ramsey, uh, Kirkland Crawford, Marlowe, Alter, Ryan Ford, Andrew Burkle, uh, uh, who who made this podcast come to life, who did everything. Um, I mean, no, I don't mean this in any sort of blue wall way. So save that 
crap for someone else. We are champions too. Um, we worked our ass off for this. Uh, and I want to make sure uh, that everybody knows that. And so I am so damn proud of you guys, of our bosses, of uh, Nicole Avery Nichols, our executive editor, of Anjanette Delgado, or our editor-in-chief, Anjanette Delgado, our executive editor, Kirkland Crawford, uh, our sports editor, uh, uh, Robin Chan, uh, our audio engineer. So thanks, boys, um, for the best season uh, that, that probably there, there may ever be. Um, certainly uh, around these parts, uh, there's going to be more, there, there's more fun to come, but I wanted to make sure to, to properly thank everyone. Uh, this is as good as it gets. So congrats everyone. Uh, enjoy. This is Hail Yes. <laughs>